Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On this episode of Kicked Back presented by Betway, I have Matteo Bonetti. Matteo, how did I pronounce your name? Good enough? Nine out of ten. Yeah, oh. I love the effort. Um, the perfect cadence on the Bonetti, so it's <laughs> definitely a passable grade. I'm I'm super pumped to have you on the show. So thank you for your time because we have a massive Serie A following and you're very well versed in the Italian league, Italian football, uh, being a lead Serie A analyst for over 12 years in the US. So I'm super pumped to pick your brain about one clash in particular, and that is Napoli and AC Milan. I'm the biggest Milanista since I was young, and I know that we have a lot of Milan supporters who listen to Kicked Back. So, Matteo, please tell everyone how you did coverage at Maradona Stadium when AC Milan beat Napoli 4-0. Talk to me. What was it like right off the bat? Give us the deets. So, honestly, it'd be my first time in Napoli. Um, we had been told that we were going to go, so we were obviously very pumped because the whole idea was we're going to be at Maradona to cover a Napoli season that's going to be talked about for decades. They're 99% going to win the Scudetto. So, it, it felt like the entire week leading up to it wasn't so much about Milan, right? Because Milan, the team that's, okay, still in the Champions League, but fighting for fourth, it really was all about Napoli, even the way that we covered it. The storylines that we try to tell, we went to the Napoli training ground in uh, Castel Volturno and, and actually sat down in Luciano Spalletti's office wow. privately without a mic, which is something that our producers wanted to do. They wanted to bring that more American thing where the rights holders get to chat to the coach and they were like, wait, this, this never happens. But Spalletti was amazing. We talked for 30 minutes with him, he even gave us a bottle of his uh, red wine, which I had no idea, but he's a, he's apparently a, a winemaker. He's got these wonderful grapes in Tuscany. It was, it was a delicious bottle. We, we cracked it open uh, that night when, uh, when we went to the pizzeria. So the entire lead up was pretty much, a Napoli centric and the game was almost an afterthought because we're only there once a season. So we wanted to kind of tell the story, the story of uh, Kavica Kavaratelia, mm -hmm. uh, Victor Osiman, all these names. And at the time the thought was, well, Napoli is the best chance that an Italian team has to win the Champions League. So even there, there wasn't much of a thought about Milan's chances and maybe rightfully so because of how up and down the team's been in 2023. But then we get to the stadium and we find out that the, the Napoli Ultras are not going to celebrate, uh, not going to even make any noise. 
So it was a bit of a bummer because, you know, we're there. It's the first time that we're there with CBS and the stadium is like, it's like uh, going to church. I, I remember when the first Milan goal went in, all you could hear was that small sliver of uh, Milan ultras that had traveled that they, they're put in the worst seats, like up, up in the, in the third anello or whatever it's called. Yeah. And the, the Napoli fans were making no noise. So I, I feel like that affected Napoli. And even Luciano Spalletti uh, afterwards said that he thought that his team was really penalized by the fans. And if you can think of how stupid this is from the ultras who have a team that is doing something that they haven't done in, in three decades. And you're now at the tail end when they have all these important matches, when they're trying to close out the Scudetto, when they're trying uh, to go far in the Champions League and go somewhere they've never been before. You're going to start protesting now. I get that the ticket prices are higher, that the banners weren't allowed in the stadium, but it, this is ridiculous. But then again, am I trying to reason with an ultra group? You know, that's when you have to realize also, <laughs> maybe not the most reasonable bunch in the world. That's okay. First of all, that's wild because I agree. I mean, you're kind of at the tail end. Napoli are doing things that have, you know, the casual football fan tuning into Serie A because like you said, 99%, it's a lock. And Prior to now, Milan kind of going on this little bit of a run, I would say, too, Napoli was the most likely to win the Champions League from an Italian side. So that is wild to me. But I saw one of your tweets saying that you guys are never going to be welcomed back. What went on there? Was there some drama that went down? It was there drama. My goodness. Um, <laughs> so during the commentary, second half, I think it's uh, it's when the third goal went in for Milan. So was that the Alexis Salamakers goal? Anyway, it was it was a brilliant goal. They were all great nuts. goals yeah. from Milan. I think it might have been the Salamakers goal that he just looked like the body of Maradona had gone inside him, that he was getting controlled <laughs> by a higher being, like he had this out-of-body experience. And the, the Napoli commentary booths aren't like any other stadium I've been at. They're right there next to the crowd so there's only this small little iron bar that's easily hoppable that's separating us from the the area where not the ultra section obviously because it's in the middle but still you know where the napoli fans are i could touch them if i wanted to um so after that goal goes in me and my partner obviously celebrate and we celebrate because it's a brilliant goal you know we have no horse in the race and we've been doing this for such a long time that it doesn't even matter who i supported as a kid i grew up milanista but when you've been doing this for such a long time, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of get removed. The emotion gets removed from it yeah. because it becomes such a business. So we're, and my partner is a Barcelona fan. So he has no horse in the race at all. Obviously Salamaker scores a great goal. We go ballistic. And because the entire area that we're at is all Napoli fans and they're all so quiet, all the Napoli fans could hear me and my commentary partner screaming, going crazy, just really raising the decibels of her voice. So I think that's all they could hear. So about a minute after that goal goes in, I hear this screaming from my left side. I turn and there's this fan pointing at me saying, you guys are Milanista, you guys need to die. And then he tries to, to get everyone else in. He turns around and he's like, dai, we have to kill them. So all this is going on while we're on live commentary to the U.S., which <laughs> my partner didn't even notice because he blasts his, his volume in his headset. So he's just locked into the game. I'm turning around and I see that our cameraman's going there to keep them from jumping this small barricade because he was actually going to attack us. So I did the entire second half trying to focus on the game and try to analyze the game while you're also 
trying to look like, behind ready you to, to see throw a ball. No, but I mean, I was ready. I, I was about to whip out my Taekwondo white belt from when I was 10 years old. Like I was ready to do a spinning kick or something because I, I was ready to defend myself. I thought, okay, I guess we're getting attacked on live television. We're going to be a meme and it's going to go on YouTube and it's going to go viral for all the wrong reasons. So I thought this is like such a, a, a I was going to say a shit show. I don't know if you can bleep absolutely. that out. Absolutely. You can but absolutely was, say it, whatever you want. Okay, good. Amazing. Um, so it was just the, the craziest experience that I've ever been a part of. I don't think that's ever happened where a commentary gets attacked live on air, as far as I know. So that could have been a first, but fortunately our cameraman who was actually a black belt in kickboxing, we later find out he was able to hold them all off until more people came and they palmed down. And then they left the, after the fourth goal went in, they all just left. Thank goodness. And we did not get attacked. So that was my experience at Maradona. Um, another thing I wanted to say really quick, there was fires being started in the ultra section. They threw flares at Manyan. Um, and I think the only reason why they didn't hit Manyan is because there's a huge running track and they didn't have like a quarterback arm to get it all the way there. <laughs> and then there was a huge riot that broke out as well in the, in the Kurva, which I don't know if they captured on TV, but it was wild. There was like dozens and dozens of people just all beating each other up and they were all the Napoli supporters. So all that happened in the second half. Uh, it, it was honestly, it was the craziest experience of my life. Two things that pop into my head when you tell this story. First of all, if anyone tries to attack you, obviously channel your inner Gattuso because that guy's not talked enough and remembered enough. Uh, with the young kids, they won't ever understand what Gattuso brought to the game. And two, I mean, I think when I hear a flare almost hitting Mignon, I think Dita. And and when 100%. I believe it like grazed Dita's ear back in the day. And I'm like, this is why, I, I mean, obviously I don't condone that. But Serie A back in the day growing up for me was so different. For me, it was the number one league. So it just, still I guess is. it still has Still crazy. is, you can yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's, a, that's a question I have for you. Like is, is first time since 2006 where we have three Serie A teams in the Champions League. Inter just beat Benfica. You know, obviously Napoli, AC Milan, one of them's out, but still is such a nice picture as to what Serie A is doing and how competitive it is with across European football. And you cover it very closely. So is it a top league in your opinion? It's a top league. It's not the it's not the best league, though. I'm never going to be that biased and let my my passion for the league cloud my judgment. There was a time and we lived it when it genuinely was the best. You know, when my dad mm -hmm. was taking me to the San Siro in the early 90s, I was only so I was born in 87. So in 92, 93 in the Invincibles, my dad would take me when I lived in Milan every single match day. I was only five or six. So I don't remember it much, but that's when Syria genuinely was the best league in the world. The Premier League is miles ahead. You can see with the money that they spend with the crowds, with the stadiums, the infrastructure, the marketing. Like, they're so far ahead in so many regards. But Syria definitely isn't the best place that it's been at in the last 12 years, at least. Like, this is the first time in the 2010s we just had Juventus, and yeah. they lost twice in the Champions League final. But now we genuinely have, I think, teams on the up and not because they're outspending Premier League teams. That's not going to happen for a while, but because they're, they have such great scouting departments and they have a lot of North American based owners. We even have one Canadian one right in uh, Saputo who owns uh, Bologna. But we we had the chance to go and speak to the Atalanta co-owner, who's also the Boston Celtics owner, um, Steve Payuca. And one of the first questions I had for him is why City? Yeah, why are so many smart savvy american hedge funds north american because it's canadian mm -hmm. too 
why are they buying into City out? What is it that they see in this league that makes it so appealing? And I think it's the entry point that they can get in without having to spend billions and millions of dollars like you would now in the Premier League, where it's like a whole state-owned, a whole government of a state like could, needs to take over a team, whether it's you know Saudi Arabia or Qatar, but whatever. But they see they with all their studies and all the smart people that they have doing the statistics, things I'll never be able to understand in my smaller brain. Um, they see an upwards trend in the league. They see a huge possibility to market in North America. And I think you're going to see a push now for a lot of city teams that are going to come here in the summer and try to play friendlies in North America, try to grow the brand here. The TV, the TV distribution is going to get better. The way that it's covered, the way that we now cover the league has never been covered like this in the U.S., like with studio coverage for all the big games, uh, studio presence, big names. We have Alessandro Del Piero on our coverage talking about Italian leagues. So we're able to, 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 to really give the league the love that it hasn't had in this side of the world for forever, right? I mean, it was in the nine. I don't know how it was in Canada, but in the 2000s, I remember it was very hard to watch Diddy mm-hmm. I. You know, you really had to go and try to find it on a grainy television. Was that your experience in Canada? Yeah, it was. I mean, Sundays were typically the days that I would watch and I'd carve out, I'd watch every game, even though I enjoyed watching Milan the most, I'd watch every game. And and it was, I believe it was on TLN in Canada. So it was channel 18 for me. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily difficult to find, but it wasn't football's progressed in the sense where now it's like highlights and you hear more about it back in the day. It was kind of buried a little, but if you were a fan, you'd find a way there's always, you know, the the ways to find streams so <laughs> that's all i'll say yeah for sure for sure so it's it's basically the distribution the marketing um these teams that are just waiting for mm-hmm. someone to show them love like even with building a new stadium i think that's like the next place that city i needs to go to is get more modern stadiums uh, going to the maradona is the best example I, you it's hard to understand just how run down that place is, the stadium from the outside, from the inside. Like from the outside, it's all covered in graffiti. So all the doors covered in graffiti. It feels like it hasn't been, uh, hasn't had a lick of paint in decades. And then you go inside and there's like exposed like bars where like mm-hmm. the rusted bars are, the concrete's falling. It feels like the whole stadium is crumbling, which I get it. It's part of the charm. And Napoletani will say, well, that's yep. part of the charm here. But it's not the greatest viewing experience. And it's not just that. It's San Siro. San Siro as well doesn't have nearly enough luxury boxes. You, have you been to San Siro? It's a dream. I'm man- I'm currently manifesting it, Matteo. But no, not well, yet. That, that's that's fine. Okay. So you're manifesting <laughs> the dream, but it hasn't turned into a reality exactly. yet. So San Siro is the same. So think of like a stadium that you go to in Canada or the U.S. You know, you have concession stands inside the actual mm-hmm. stadium. You don't have to leave the the perimeter of the stadium and go to a food truck across the street to yeah. get food. Yeah, that's yeah. the situation at San Siro. So that, that's like a huge thing now for Italian teams where maybe if we get the Euros in 2032 or whatever they're saying, we'll be able to modernize the stadiums. But I think that's like the next hurdle is getting these stadiums up to scratch and making it a better viewing experience for everyone and, and making it like more family friendly too. Yeah, no, I appreciate that perspective because obviously a lot of us who are listening have never been to these stadiums. So that's kind of cool to know and kind of have this mental picture of what it looks like to enter them. Uh, back to Milan and Napoli. A lot of Napoli fans are saying the reason why Milan's able to win those two games in the span of 10 days was because Asiman was out. 
What are your thoughts? Do you think if Osman was playing, obviously superstar uh, should be talked about way more in terms of, you know, some of the best or most informed players at the moment. Uh, it's just that maybe Sadia A doesn't get enough attention from a casual football fan. Do you think if Osman was in those games, the outcome would be different? Or do you still think Milan kind of took it to them? I think the outcome would have been different. And Luciano yeah, wow. Spalletti told us um, we're not all seem independent to do what we've done means we've had 11 players. And while that is true, it also, you cannot replace the leading goal scorer in City, who to me right now is top three striker worldwide. He's there with Erling Haaland and, and Kylian Mbappe, if you consider him a pure number nine. But what all does is he forces the defense to play in a different style. So, and the problem is, if you're a defense and you're playing like a low block, if you're all defensive and all in front of the goalkeeper, Osimhen is going to kill you in the air. He's such a great leaper, and he's he's one of the most accurate headers of the ball. Uh, the other thing is if you play high line, like Milan love to do, Osimhen's going to get in behind and, and just tear you up on the counterattack because there's not many center backs that can stay with him one-on-one. So – he'll hurt you in any way possible. There's no way to truly stop a striker like a Seaman. And oh, by the way, he's the best friend of Kavara. Like him and Kavara have this oh. amazing understanding on the field. They're just, it, 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 he's the perfect outlet for Kavara when he creates a bit of room. So there's so many things going in Napoli's favor when a Seaman starts. The other two strikers they have are good, Raspadori and Simeone, but they're not a Seaman. They're not yes. capo cannoniere of Serie A level material. So of course the game would have gone completely different cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you think now in the second leg of the Champions League, AC Milan has a little bit of their work cut out for them because rumors are that Ossiman's back? Yeah, he's going to be back. I don't know the level. Does he have 90 minutes in his legs? Um, is he going to have the same quickness I think absolutely he looks ready apparently the word in training is that he's he's back to being awesome and it wasn't that serious of an injury like he's had in the past but Milan are going to Napoli to close up shop they're not going to attack it's going to look I think a lot like the first 30 minutes at San Siro when it was mm -hmm. all Napoli and then Milan hit on the break so the the prayer for Pioli is that 
they can just hold out and put a big body on Ossiman. They're not going to give him room to run in behind and then just hit out on the break with Brain Diaz and Rafael Leao and hope Giroud can get involved and just hold up play. Milan have everything going in their favor. I don't think there's any Milanista that could have envisioned things going this well, yeah. beating Napoli four by four goals <laughs> to nil at Maradona and then beating them in the Champions League first leg may, could have probably been more than a goal too. But we're not biased here, so we also have to say, Absolutely. We have to say, Caroline, that the referee had a little part to play there in that game because I think Napoli did get hard done by by this referee, who, by the way, has been suspended by UEFA from refereeing any other games in Europe this season because of that performance. These days, I don't trust any referees and I don't trust any VAR technology VAR referees because it all doesn't make sense to me consistency some of the calls they're making I can tell what's a foul what's a red card what's a handball from home and these refs aren't seeing it on the pitch so I'm not even going to argue that but what What, I will say is I'm not mad about it (laughs) what kind of player were you by the way when you were I see a WVU I'm gonna say that's West Virginia University yes so you played division one so you're way better footballer than I'll ever be what, I, what kind of player were you? Were you a Gattuso? Because I, I saw the, the sparkle in your eye when you mentioned that play style. I loved Gattuso. I started out as an attacking center mid. So I Kaká was one of my biggest idols growing up and, and watching everything he did for Milan in Brazil. And then uh, I transitioned back into a holding center mid role. So, you know, watching Xavi at times when he played there and, you know, um, Busquets and yeah, Gattuso, it's it's probably my favorite I initially I didn't love the position because I wanted to be more in the attack but then when I realized that I saw most of the ball I was like oh this is the best position on the pitch so that was okay, my so position. you're the you're the metronome of the team the brains yeah, of the team I okay tried. well Good. I tried so How like a like a, a, a Labotka we can say or um <laughs> yeah. who's the Milan bro well, I guess Benacer Tonali because yeah, Tonali, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonali can do a little bit of everything he's got the bite he's got the box the box no I, I was terrible I was I was a red card threat every time I played. I was a backup goalkeeper or a center back, but I was actually better in other sports. That soccer, I, I can't. I don't have technique, so I didn't enjoy it. If you if you don't play and you don't have technique, I'm not convinced you can like football as much as like a dribbler or a flair player because yeah. that's the real football. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna leave it to the technical guys. I'm gonna go play other sports. It, it was never my my calling, sadly. Well- well, look at you now. You're calling us to talk about it and to throw some bows when Napoli fans try and kill you. Exactly, exactly. And hey, they're, they are, they, everyone says, oh, Napoli fans are so passionate and you hear about it, but it's only when you go there and you see how every single street in Napoli is decked out in these banners that go across the street. Every single balcony has a Maradona kit or a, like this, this ribbon with the Napoli colors hanging from it. It's all anyone talks about. I've never seen anything like this in my life in Italy, certainly in America. It just it, and they haven't even won it yet. So I, I can't imagine the party that it's going to be now I'm old and I feel like I wouldn't be able to cope with that level of energy and chaos around me. I live in the middle of nowhere now in Connecticut with bears in a forest. So I'm not like that. That would have been 21 year old me would have enjoyed that party way more. But it is it is going to be the craziest party of the year when they finally mathematically secure the Scudetto. It's going to, I can't even imagine, honestly. They deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. And and my question for you is, you know, maybe even when you sat down with Spalletti, like let's talk about, you know, his tactics and what he's done with this Napoli team. And now I'm starting to think is maybe the secret sauce is in his wine that he's created. Maybe the whole Napoli team just has a nice bottle of wine after the game, but 
Spalletti's done a lot of good things for this team. And and for me personally, I think it's a lock on Serie A, Serie A for them. And maybe, maybe still the Champions League. So what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. So he actually had like six cases. Every case had what, 12 bottles outside of his office. So he's clearly handing out bottles like candy Crazy. there. So maybe that's how he, he treats players who have done well in, in, in practice <laughs> or something. The the thing that stood out from Spalletti talking to him, which I've already said, it's not like confidential or anything. We've talked about it on air is he was so proud. I thought he'd be proud of the way his team played, which he is. He's super proud of the way that the team play, how beautiful they are. He says that that's the only way football should be played. But he, I, we were told we were only going to get five minutes with him. And he ended up talking for about 30 minutes. And I couldn't believe it. I, I kept, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. But he kept doing it. So he opened up his laptop. He's like, you have to look at this. Look at my team. We just took a corner and all 11 players sprinted back to defend and look at Osiman here faster than anybody else he sprinted from one end to the other and that was in the second half it was a game uh, Napoli Sassuolo game but he was so proud of that moment and I think that's what he was really trying to convey is yeah my team plays really well but look at how hard they fight because to play that style you also have to be selfless off the ball and you need to constantly press and that's what they do and he was his eyes were like gleaming when he was talking about this so that that really stood out another thing that stood out was his love for Cavaratelia. my first question to him was this guy has come from Georgia for 10 million like did you notice right away that he was that good and he said yes but the thing that stands out with him is he's such a good boy that's what Aww. he said he's such a, a a beautiful person he's calm he doesn't let the occasion get to him he was he couldn't stop raving about Kavara, the the human being, and how his brain is because you know you go to from Dinamo Batumi where you're playing in Georgia, which is one of the smallest leagues in Europe, and then suddenly you're in the Champions League. You got the big money, everyone's treating you like the new Maradona. It's easy to lose your head. He's apparently not that kid. He's just a really quiet, respectful young guy that hasn't really let this whole situation, this meteoric rise that he's been on really affect him much and he's still the same person and he just you know goes on with his floppy hair he's a little bit hunchback he's got his socks rolled down he's such a unique player that you don't really see anymore and I think that's why we've all been so captivated with him he's he, he's one of my favorite players in Europe I wanted to talk to you about him 22 years old like you mentioned from Georgia I everyone probably only realized him when he started coming out and it makes me happy that he's friends with Ossiman, that he's this very humble, down-to-earth guy. That's probably one of my favorite things to hear about these superstar players, especially those who are up and coming. What is the future of Cavada? Like, where is he going to go, in your opinion, if it's Serie A for the next few years? But what's his his ceiling in football? I think his ceiling is Ballon d'Or. Uh, when you Love think it. of how many players in City I can win the Ballon d'Or, there's only maybe a few I think if Rafael Leal puts everything together and starts playing the way that he did against Napoli, he has Ballon d'Or potential. But the problem with Leal is that he still has that inconsistency, which we've seen this season. Tavara mm-hmm. is just so unique. I, I honestly, uh, Caroline, I think I think he could genuinely be at that level. So Napoli apparently have renewed his contract. They're, they've given him a big raise. It's for the next four or five years or something. I don't know. I don't. The whole money side of the game, I don't care about. I let. Other people talk about it. It's not why I like the game, but I read it somewhere. So I hope that's true and I don't get misquoted, but they need to keep him. They cannot lose Kavara. I would be shocked if he left this this summer. If he did, he would command a massive fee. But the president, De Laurentiis of Napoli, said that the finances of Napoli are in order and they don't need to sell. So they're not 
they, they're financially healthy. They don't need to get rid of these guys. So Cavada is going to stay. I think he's the face of the league. Him and Esteban yeah. are probably, along with Leal, probably the faces of the league right now. Love to hear it. Okay, predictions for the second leg of the Champions oh League. Who do you have, Napoli or Milan? I'll let you go first. What do you think? I'm nervous. I'm. I don't think it's easy to beat a team now for the third time. Um, especially now that Napoli is going to be at home. I'm. A, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people are saying, you know, it's AC Milan and it's a lock. I don't think it's a lock. I think they have to play a very smart game. I, my heart's obviously with AC Milan, but I don't think it's going to be easy. And I wouldn't be surprised if Napoli won the game. But my heart's with Milan. Your heart's with Milan. Well, that's that's the. I like that the fanhood is still coming through strong Always. as oh it my should. Goodness. You have to believe. It, you know. If I'm on TV, I'm not saying this. If I'm on a podcast, I'm for sure letting my my you heart shine. Yeah, you, my... Gotta, you gotta let them know. Look, you're a Milan fan. You watch the team your whole life. That's great. The thing I worry about is set piece, twentieth minute, True. a seaman heads today, and suddenly it's a nil-nil game. Suddenly everything that you did at San Siro, the crossbar from Kiar, uh, the chances that you had, none of it matters. And Napoli are without Kim and Jay. They're without yes. Zambo and Gisa, two massive stars. Kim and Jay, probably the best center back in the league. Zambo and Gisa is their only physical box-to-box presence, can do everything well. But a Siemens like the great equalizer. Him coming in suddenly is like, okay, we lost those two, but we got back the best striker in the league. So that is my biggest worry from a Milan perspective. I can't – like. I, I feel like Napoli is going to find a way just because of how magical their season is. I genuinely feel like Napoli is going to go through and they're going to go through the final. Don't you dare put that out in the universe, Matteo. Don't you dare. Uh, hey, I, on this podcast, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I really think. Now, what I tell my dad so he doesn't get heart palpitations is, oh, no, Milan's fine because my dad's a massive Milanista. But I think, think Napoli is going to the final and they're going to represent Serie A very well. Tell your dad I say hello, and and I'll be <laughs> cheering with him, uh, obviously, on Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever they play. I think they're playing Tuesday. 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 Yeah. Okay, last question for you. You mentioned how passionate Napoli fans are. Are they the craziest Italian fans, in your opinion? Craziest Italian fans. You can, I mean, you could put the Roman clubs up there, too. When, when Roma and Lazio play, that place is good. I mean, we've seen the ugly side of it. But in terms of the season, in terms of just being there, I've, I've been to Rome to do a Roma-Juventus. Uh, I think Napoli fans take the cake for for passion, for how much it means to them and how much it you feel like it could ruin their day if Napoli do poorly. Uh, Napoli probably take the cake. I love it. I love it. Okay, and actually, if do you think that a, an Italian team will win the Champions League? Or do you mm. think it's it's in, in, let's say, a Real Madrid's hands? <laughs> Real Madrid or Manchester City, I mean, what are the odds going to be if Napoli, let's say, I'm just using Napoli because I think they're obviously the best team in Serie A, and no one's going to argue that. If Napoli get to the final, they're still going to be the underdogs against Real Madrid and against Manchester City, assuming those two, you know, are the ones yep. that are favored to go through. But they're the ones that give Serie A the best chance to, to win a Champions League for the first time since Jose Mourinho in 2010. Oh, okay, Matteo Benetti, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm going to put this out in the universe, you know, after this game, maybe one of the teams win the Champions League. We're going to have you back on the show, get your insights. I loved your inside scoops, your in- inside details on what happened at Metadona Stadium. So thank you. And please let all the listeners know where they can find you on social media, because I'm sure everyone's going to want to follow you. Yeah, so I'm not a TikTok star like you are. I, do, <laughs> I don't even have a TikTok. Um, 
I um at Benetti on Twitter and then at the Calcio guy. I, I wasn't able to change that handle yet on Instagram with very few followers. So come come join me. Um, I don't put out content like you on the daily. Um, yeah, I'm crazy. I, 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 I need I need to get on that TikTok game because I feel like I'm missing out. Um, but yeah, you could talk to me on Twitter. That's probably the best way if you want to converse, if you want to insult me, if you want to tell me how wrong I am. It's fine. Bring it on. You start a channel now, and we'll make a couple of clips. I'm sure they'll go viral about all the comments on Napoli or or Milan, oh, and, and people will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you I'll tag you I have I have a TikTok, but it's like a lurking TikTok where I just like scroll videos when I'm bored, but I've never posted anything on it. So I'll I don't even know what the handle is. I think it's like XGH blah 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 blah. It's like a random one that TikTok assigned me. Okay, well we're gonna anyway, we're gonna thanks. clean up your handle. We're gonna tag you, and then people are gonna know you on TikTok. You're gonna be the Calcio Will guy do. on TikTok. Wonderful! I can't wait. Thank you, Mateo. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.